Welcome to Power Start Your Day with Dame Nicola Smith-Jackson, helping everyday people to build their empire and win at life, money, and business. And now, here's your lifestyle money and business coach, Dame Nicola. family and welcome to Power Start Your Day. It's Dame Nicola Smith-Jackson. We're going to reawaken your spirit this morning, resuscitate your passion, renew your mind so you can recommit to the plan that God has for you because he wants you to win in life, money, and business. And we are here today and we are talking about these, these urgent, 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 urgent skills and urgent things that entrepreneurs need to know in these crazy times. You got to master what we're talking about here. And um, today we're talking about, hey, do you know the difference between gaining followers and building a network that increases your net worth? And we came to relationship capital as being extremely vital. If you don't know what that is, we're just, just stay with the root word, the first word, relationship. People struggle with this. And even the pandemic has uncovered as people had to be closer and spend more time with people. It's like everybody who you really are just couldn't hide no more. We got to go to the Lord because we got to hang around with wise people. So our scripture is going to be, again, out of Proverbs 13 and 20 again. But we got to go to the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you. We honor you today. Today is the day that you've made, and we're glad, we're joyous, we're here in the land of living. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. And we're coming to you asking you, with our hands held up high, hands without wrath, that you forgive us, oh dear Lord, for any sin of commission, omission, whatever it is that separates us from you. Help us go into true repentance and the idea, even to personal relationship with you that we draw closer and incline our ear, our spiritual ears, that we will take different power moves. Thank you, Lord, for the power that we would not have without your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, as your servant decreased, may you increase like never before. With all of your servants here, even on Clubhouse, let us be Inspired and enlightened. Let us go to the next level in you, even in in these times. They're turbulent. They're tough, but they're not tougher than you. You've seen these days before. You already know exactly what's going to happen. So let us be prepared and let us move swiftly and let us honor you in all of our ways as we seal this prayer with the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. So Proverbs 13 and 20 It's just as simple. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Now, when we begin to think about this, most of us are what you call shooting ourselves in the foot on a regular, regular. We know that we want to be entrepreneurs. Many people are seeking information here so that they can, you know, go and dominate, go crush it. Whatever mountain of influence that you're wanting to do this in. 
And so there was a, a question we were talking. We have some powerful people here on today, and we want to we wanna pick up right where we left off. We have our bishop, um, Bishop Razi Mason. We have Nate Scott. We have Danikia Smith, and we have Shara here. We know some more people will be joining us, but let me tell you something. Do you know that God knows best? But until we catch up with God, we just won't live our best. I want to hit right on to Bishop Mason, who we ended yesterday talking about how relationship capital was way more important, way more valuable than revenue. And especially when we are people that, you know, um, I would say after the suppression, oppression, we're coming back to who we really were, royalty and, and knowing and understanding that it's our right to have wealth. So anything that starts being like reintroduced or introduced, obviously we're going to be making some mistakes. And sometimes we choose money over people or over the right thing. That's because we don't understand that money is an energy. And we don't understand certain things because it's not common talk. Some of us are saying we want to secure the bag. We don't even know what that means. Our finances are very far from secure. We don't even have proper, adequate insurance, and that's the foundation of every financial house. We want crypto before we even want insurance. We, 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 we're emulating, and it's time for us to get to the real raw truth of building wealth from the inside out, and that's going to come with wisdom, and wisdom is going to automatically let you know relationships are more important. Bishop Mason, you talked about something, um, the word honor. You hear me honor my mentors all the time, freely, openly. I'm grateful for them. But what happens? You're in organizational leadership where there are hierarchies, people who went before you, mentorship is inevitable. And then there was a time where you feel you learned and you've gotten to the place where you might, you are, you were always an equal, right? A person, we're always an equal. Equal God has no respect to a person, but there is honor on the idea of, who may have helped you? Who might have been there for you? Who might have even shown you the way when you knew no way? What happens, Bishop, when people not only forget that, but they will turn who was probably a best friend into a foe? Uh, well, 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 first of all, good morning, and thank you again for uh, sharing your platform and being so unselfish. Um, I, I believe that as You've stated before, whenever we don't understand the purpose of a thing, then abuse is inevitable. Mm -hmm. And I believe many times the reason why we dishonor people and we dishonor certain relationships is because we don't understand the purpose of the relationship and why God put those particular individuals in our lives. And when you talk about relationship capital and you talk about the necessity of having a network and partnership and teamwork as it relates to honor, believe it or not, it's traced all the way back to the book of Genesis. Networking is not a New Testament concept. Network is not even an Old Testament concept. And we understand that the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed and the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed, mm -hmm. but it supersedes that because it was a kingdom concept. Uh, when God created man, he created them male and female, but yet you think because of how it was written by Moses 
with the chronology that he creates one and then some days later he creates the other. That's because the Bible was not written chronologically, it was written theologically. And so he creates woman on the same day he creates man because he understands that Adam is going to need partnership. Now, what's interesting about that is he allows Adam to go and try and do everything by himself. <laughs> and he allows him to name the animals. He allows them to have dominion and, and to subdue. But he even gives them resources because he gives him a particular stream that flows through the garden and then breaks off into four heads. And when you look at those particular four heads, the Pishon, the Gihon, uh, the Hedekel, and the Euphrates, they each mean something prophetically and significantly, uh, significantly because it talks about increase and rapidity and fruitfulness and how it is that God's going to cause things to burst forth. But yet, he comes to this conclusion about Adam because Adam is not going to admit it himself. So he says, listen, it's not good that man should be alone. Had nothing to do with marriage at that point. In fact, the Hebrew term that's used there is not the term used for wife. It is still Adam because the Bible says in Genesis 5-1, they were both called Adam uh, initially. But it was Adam who names his own wife, who gives her identity, because when a man takes upon a woman, he then takes upon the responsibility of caring for her holistically, uh, spirit, soul, and body. So you give her identity. But here is what happens. Adam realizes now I need this person to help me fulfill the assignment that God has given me. And so many times we fail to understand what Adam understood that this is not a walk we can accomplish alone. And because we don't have that basic understanding, we go through life trying to be transactional as opposed to relational. Mm -hmm. And honor has nothing to do with the transaction. You're going to get that. And again, as I said yesterday, you know, Abdul really blessed me when he talked about that uh, in business and not being so transactional, but finding out what a person's needs are before you try to sell them a product you care about the person because right. people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That's right. And sometimes you can build lasting business relationships based upon concern because there are some people that are already ready to do business with somebody, but they have not found that person. They can make that connection. Mm -hmm. And so I have found that even in my life and in ministry, and as you talked about sitting in positions of hierarchy and walking with people, that are younger than me, some older than me, covering and mentoring people that are much older than me. I have found that it has nothing to do with mm -hmm. these carnal barriers of, of race, mm -hmm. of uh, economic status, of age, of, of social background, educational background, but has everything to do with purpose. And when you understand that, uh, my executive assistant calls it um, uh, reverberating on your frequency, which, which basically speaks to the fact that when you come in contact with people and you understand the necessity of being relational, you look for certain things within those people, within their voice, within their person, their character, how they interact with you to see if that thing resonates. I'll That's right. Interestingly enough, uh, uh, Dr. Nicola, uh, Nate and I were on the phone almost two hours last night and we, we were talking <laughs> uh, uh, about the same stuff. And it was interesting because he would talk I would listen, 
I would talk, he would listen, and we were pulling and drawing from mm. each other, and we came to the conclusion that we both understand our own unique and specific wheelhouses, but we know we need each other. And so honor then sets in, because what honor does is it creates lines of demarcation. It says to me, there are things within me that I have to be comfortable with about me, because people will never treat you any greater than how you see you. Mm. And people will never see you any greater than how you treat you. So I'm the first object of honor. Honor is subjective first. I have to honor me, what God has placed within me, and I have to stay within my lane because I am effective there, but I'm ineffective when I operate outside of that. And so when you can see me honoring myself, and I'm not so egotistical and insecure that I'm not willing to honor you, then the relational aspects that then, and we move beyond being transactional. Mm. And so I believe, in, in, in conclusion, I believe that honor pulls, magnetically draws you towards the people that has your next in their belly. Um, what, 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 what I see there is the concept of Jesus in the womb of his mother Mary. They come in the house of Elizabeth, salutes Elizabeth, and John begins to leap. And, and I borrow from that. When I meet people like you, Dr. Nicola, we, we, we're on the phone three hours. For the mm-hmm. time. <laughs> like, like Nate, I say, man, I feel my baby jumping. Mm-hmm. Like, man, that thing, that thing inside of me, man, destiny is moving mm-hmm. and it's telling me I got to park right here, even if it's no more than for a season. Mm-hmm. I got to park here because they have something in them that's going to get me to the next place. But here it is, though. It does not pull that person, uh, I mean, pull me towards that person. It pulls that person towards me, the one that I honor, because I've honored them, so I've unlocked that box within them, and they now come towards me because they know then that they have something to release unto me. So that, that honor is important because it breaks the barrier of being transactional and moves us into being relational. Thank it's you so much for allowing me to share. Huge, huge takeaways. I think that some people, I am recording this. It is on Blog Talk today where we will have it up and it'll go through the podcast with Anchor and everything so people can go back to the site and listen to it. And, um, you know, this is a thing here where you just talked about. It, it was so powerful on God said that it was not good that man should be alone. God, the creator, everything in the earth and the fullness thereof is his. And he said it was not good. He created us as a team, the Holy Trinity. And what it shows for me, always going back to God has given me the gift of how to accumulate wealth and understanding it at a, at, a, at a very, I would say, very different way because it's not like I grew up understanding it, right? It's like the Holy Spirit gives me, like, he'll always correlate it back. That's when you know it's your gift. Like, he'll correlate it back to whatever. Whatever you hear, you'll know how to make the association to what he said, and that's when you know it's a principle. And one of the strongest characteristics of people who accumulate wealth is they are resourceful. They're resourceful. And when we begin to think about a resource, what is a supply or support, um, whether it's, you know, um, a source of information or expertise, 
The word source keeps coming back because it's the root word, word, the source of something. And when you understand that, like you said, being in your own lane, only God is the source of everything, but each of us are only the source of some things. So if we're never going to completely be able to walk in fullness of abundance unless we are resourceful and we know that other people's expertise, other people's support in areas is so necessary. And then now we can accumulate the other things of wealth and revenue. So that automatically is going to let us know that we have to respect the sources of what will produce revenue. It's like everything is in order, decency and in order. So when people start putting like the revenue before they put the relationship with people, not so good things happen consistently. Not like sometimes, consistently when things are out of order. And we might want to continue to get the whoopings. We see it. We see it regularly. So I think that because we see it regularly, we think it's common. And because it's common, we think it's right. I don't hear people talk about that like that anymore. Because even in the highest levels of leadership, we don't want to talk about what's right. And then what we do is we destroy the sources of things. Even when we go into nature, what we're destroying, when we destroy even economies, we destroy other people, all because we're putting the wrong things in order. We were on a, a clubhouse on last night, and a, a lady was on there saying that she was a Russian spy. She was an attorney. I don't know if anybody was in that room, and she was an attorney. And um, as an attorney, um, she uh, found herself, you know, being extremely good in her gift. They had her put on, on a team. She was out of Canada, and she ended up being on a team. I saw Brian in here. We want to bring him up. I got to make some of you guys moderators so you can see. Um, and they saw, um, she said that she was out of Canada and she was really good in her gift. And when you're really good, people will kind of pick you out, bring you on teams. And I've been that person, the person people will call for specific, oh, I can pick it up, Nicola. But sometimes you're running right in the midst of danger. Because when you can see, you know, I think that was you who told me, like, you know, I'm a seer. When you can see, like, way far ahead and you're telling people fire and they don't even see the smoke yet you end up being the target, right? So I'm that resource now when people don't even understand, like, okay, that's a, a valuable resource. Sometimes they'll try to destroy it because, like you say, they don't know the purpose of it. They don't know the purpose of it. When you think about even the water, when they say all these different things in the ocean and it's killing the fish and whatever, they obviously think about the, the Bible to say, hey, if all crops messed up, at least we can eat some fish. But they were doing it for what? Revenue. They put the revenue before what will feed people. When we're looking at even in the government or what have you, people think about big deals, whatever. But then now on the lower end, this lady was saying how she ended up being an attorney and in sports and, you know, with sports, people going, athletes going over into Russia playing, um, you know, specific sports, what have you, and how it was a huge underlying thing of how she says that um, what happens is, Politics has played out in the field, and there's a lot of money behind it. And so now they're doping up the athletes. And now they started getting down to the cause of it, and people start losing life. 
like people coming up missing just because they want to stop the whole idea of revenue before the people. But we do it on these low levels, too. So it's obviously a part of our human behavior that we already know. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. People don't have the faith that they can do well and do good. They don't have the faith of that. Because we're not hearing that that much. You can do extremely well in every area of your life and do good. We don't have to cheat, lie, and steal. We don't have to hurt people. But this kind of conversation sounds like this is corny. What you talking about? If they in a way, they're going to get hit. If they in a, it's just become commonplace. So I'm so grateful for this. Nate, what would you love to share this morning? I got some other people in here. We got Donna Valdez, um, you know, good friend of mine, a, a, a very, very um, astute business mind. But we're going we're gonna to go around in a circle. Nate, what we got with honor? Because we're talking about honor, Donna and Brian in relationship capital. Um, well, great morning, great morning, great morning. Thank you once again for allowing me to grace the stage and to just uh, engage in this conversation with you. I'm not going to be long-winded. I will tell you that I just posted this morning, when you tell the truth, you never have to remember what you said. <laughs> when you tell the truth, <laughs> you, you never have to remember what you said. <laughs> you was on a yeah, phone call with us last night, huh? <laughs> Some folks that just lied, no, just, just lied and forgot what they said, and you just gotta let them talk long enough. <laughs> and, and, and truly, and that's that's literally the the thing about character <laughs> is that when you have a track record and you're intentional about always walking things out, then you're not afraid of documentation. You know, in a time right now with the camera and when you have things that are automatically saved or people screenshots and all those other things, you've got to be sure that, well, no, you don't have to be. I will tell you that the things that allow me to walk without having to double back and look over my shoulder is because I'm consciously and intentionally ensuring that I lean on character over reputation. Mm. And the sad thing about that, though, is that because it's so rare, people will quickly re- believe a lie before they'll believe the truth. Mm-hmm. And so when you're standing in that room and you're doing things where you are seeing what's really happening and you are leaning into truth, then the bullets and arrows start to be fired at you because you're telling the truth. And it goes against the grain of everything else that's around you. Mm. I'll tell you, I, I had an engagement with a client in which I walked into an environment where the culture was so thick that things had been done and over and over and over and over again as an outsider that had no agenda. I came in and was uncomfortable such that I just simply started pouring into the people and telling them things that were foundationally built on their own ability to go back and evaluate, they were even resistant to the truth that I was pointing them to and determining for themselves. Because as I teach, I don't do it where I say, do this, do that. I do it from a how to think versus what to think 
perspective because I want to build leaders. Mm-hmm. My aim is to lead people better off than when I came to them. Mm-hmm. I'm always looking to give value, and in doing so, that means empowering people to educate, equip, and empower such that they're able to then see the example. You know, people would rather see a sermon versus hear one. Mm-hmm. So when I think about character and I think about honor, I reflect back on, and this is the last point, the most visible piece of that in my life is my relationship with my wife. Because of how we met one another and because of how our relationship began, it's amazing as I reflect on the love and honor that she displays upon me, but likewise, how I sit underneath her feet Mm -hmm. and listening to her and celebrating her as just a person that just respects Mm -hmm. the gifts and talents that she has. But one of the things that we struggled with initially was about the importance of us coming together because there had to be a growing process. And fortunately, there was the respect there that she had for me that she was able to receive and listen. And though it was something that had to be grown through because there was honor and respect, we could continue to move forward and push through because of the desire and the mutual respect for one another. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that's what I would just want to leave with everyone here when it comes to relationships and engaging with people is that when you know who you are and whose you are, and you have and you're making a, a concerted effort to bring value, then what happens is your truth will not run someone away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the right person will be able to say, I need you. Mm-hmm. And in turn, I know why I need you because I know where I'm I know where I'm lacking. And I know that you have that which I need, which will allow me to do more than I could ever do alone. Absolutely. And that's what excites me when I when I meet people that that have the right vibration that's right nate and 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 bishop and we're gonna you know keep on uh going do what what came to me just now is we have to know you you said something people would rather see a sermon than hear one and what we see our first interactions where we begin to really know that we're here on earth as a kid and and we're talking about honor being played out you know in this world we're living in today many a times there is like we talk about things out of order as far as honor um to even the bible will have to tell us you know honor your husbands and your wives and honor your mother and your father. That obviously when I see something in the Bible, we we take it as instruction. It means obviously this is something that God knows that we would probably not do and need to be reminded of. And when we begin to even look at how many families, the the family unit, um, it's confusing. Like you said, you know, God said that man was not good, that man should be alone. And then now, we're coming up in so many houses where we're seeing at some point in time honor was lost or the purpose of what relationships were were lost or maybe, you know, this people are coming in the world like this and then they, they come and they meet grown folk. Now they're grown and they have these thoughts and these habits of what in their mind is right. Whatever you live is your truth. Whatever you live is your truth. What could we say about where they're saying, I can't wrap my mind, let alone my hands, around honor because 
That's not what I saw. That's not what I see. I see people acquiring things that's like, I would love that Maserati. I love that mansion. And they're not talking about no honor. They're just saying, go get it. They're saying, get up. You know, I got the whole million-dollar day routine deal. Get up and whatever. And you're not even here many a times. They're telling you go do a cold shower and a workout before they tell you have a conversation with God. They'll tell you go ahead and, and meditate, but they're not telling you pray. I know in prayer is when you do repentance. They're not telling you. I'm, I'm seeing this. You got to understand that the exposure that I, I have with, and many, all of us, many of us have had these exposures with people who are, you should, you should always be around people who have way more than you, whatever, so you can know what's possible, you can grow and things like that, but I'm seeing people where I now, they are inspired by my love and conviction for God, where they're like, hey, I kind of forgot that part of me along this journey to the top. I forgot that part of me. What do we, what do we say in that instance? What do we say in that, in that instance? Um, maybe Danique Yashara, um, or you can say whatever you want to say. <laughs> but I'm saying that I'm not seeing that. Me being a female, even rising up to the top in companies and whatever, I always see people that you help try to destroy. And I know that it cannot be me. When I go back in their life, I will see where there, were bro- there was brokenness. With their, when you talk to them, because it'll be, I've, I've had the conversation prior to, and then God will bring into my remembrance and say, no, nah, it's not you, boo. They've been like that. Nicola? Yes. I'll tell you, the, on my end, what, what I always aim to do is to share something that, that I can walk through with someone. So, yes. for example, you know, when you recognize something, as I said, from, We've got, you've got to, you, we, I personally, when I'm engaging, I'm recognizing that there is a growth process that someone has to go through. I didn't all of a sudden fall, I didn't all of a sudden Mm -hmm. get this way. When I tell someone I've been engaged in the world of personal growth and development since 1996, I say that on top of my other background. And so that's where the whole thing of mastery comes Mm -hmm. in. There's a, there's a, there's a process to it. Mm -hmm. And what I thank God for is my ability to not rush the process. Mm-hmm. But in not rushing the process, I don't lower the standard. <laughs> and, and, and recognizing that there has to be a willingness oh my for God. someone to move from where they're at to where they say they want to go. And so the first part of it, as I walk through steps, and this is for everyone listening in, if you find yourself in this situation where it's things that you desire, but you've never been engaged with someone to talk to you about the root, then what I always simply say is begin with the end in mind. Let's really look at what you really desire long term and recognize what the consequence is if you take a shortcut. I do a diagram with people, and this is one of my, my magic nuggets, is I have people on this sheet of paper, and if you're listening, you guys can do it right now. I have people draw a pyramid on a sheet of paper, and the pyramid represents you as a person. With that pyramid, I have you on the outside just write down 
spiritual, emotional, relational, mental, physical, and financial. Basically, six aspects of your life. Now that you've identified these categories, inside of that pyramid, you've got lines that I want you to build your optimal life. Beginning from the ground floor, which is your base, which is your foundation, saying what do you put there as your base? Be it spiritual, is it mental, is it relational, is it physical, is it financial? What is it that really demonstrates, represents what it is your focus is? And then above that, what's the next primary thing? And so forth on until you get to the top. That singular exercise allows me to have conversations with people to get to the root that in turn shows why results are what they are. Mm-hmm. Because we don't have things in the right, right order. And from there, that allows for, own, for a person to have their own self-reflection. And as I said, if I tell you, you'll forget. If I teach you, you'll remember. But if I involve you, you'll learn. So the transformation takes place as a result of involving a person in that process of discovery, where it's not me talking at, but holding up the mirror to say, now you said you want this. Do you see what you have here? Do you think it's possible for you to get to that which you desire, Mm -hmm. given this here priority? That's so powerful because that's exactly what they went through with the Vision of Profit Challenge. The vision board takes them through the areas of their life. You know, we know if you're uh, a certified coach, we know that those are the areas that it, 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 the problem someone may be having in their life, the root of it might be another area of their life. It's not actually where they're having the challenge or where they perceive a challenge is. And when you walk a person through what they really want, because most people don't believe they can have what they really want. They think that their desires are threatened at all times. Yes. They're walking in a survival mode. And especially, I was just talking to Robert, him, him and I were talking from this morning, and even what you were talking about, about the willingness, you know, God will not even override our will. So I would figure we take them around to, just like what you just described, for them to really get in contact with what their will is. And that's God's job. When they start knowing what their will is and they start lining up with God, then now God can talk to them like God is talking to us. We're not so special. We just had the will to want to come closer to the source. So now we're becoming resourceful to the people in the audience. God will always say, not don't ever count yourself higher than others. And so that's why for me, I'll ask a question because I know that when a person asks themselves a question, they don't even realize how brilliant they are, that they already have the answer. They just haven't asked themselves. So that inside out is the way we have to do this thing. But we have to have the insurance and assurance that inside out works. Dr. Monroe's last book was called Passing It On. It was all about succession. It was all about not becoming an idol, 
just being a friend and a guide and positioning people straight up. That comes with correction and things like that. People don't want the correction. They don't want to course correct, and that's the only way to mastery. That's the only way to mastery. And so mentorship is extremely vital. It's not like, a, oh, I'm, I got a mentor, I got a mentor. No, everyone needs a mentor. Anytime somebody's just now getting a mentor a certain time in my life, they're like, we already know that there's some things that need to happen because nobody was correcting along the way. No one was giving you the idea, the other side of, you said the consequences. People, when they can realize what the consequences are, but what if the consequences feel good to them in that moment? They're like, I'd rather have this consequence so I can have this thing. That's all we're talking about when we're talking about honor. We're talking about where a person would say, whatever it is I want is more important than what that was, which might be a relationship, a person, or whatever. Whatever it is I want. That's the how we that's where we come into even when we talk about relationships, infidelity, whatever it's whatever I want at this moment. It just seems more attractive than that thing. That person, the house over there, yeah, they're going to be, they boring, they doing the same, the monotony, you know? It just seems like it's, 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 that's just better for me right now. I'll take the consequence. Everybody's been there. Denise, Shara, anybody ever took a whooping from their parent knowing they was doing something to say, hey, I'm just going to get the whooping when I get home? Has anybody ever gone through that? Okay, I see the whole, everybody lighting up, everybody lighting up. Everybody like them say, oh, I'm going to hang out and you having a good old time with your friends and you like now when you get to the house, you walking slow or whatever, you open the door and they call your name and you like, okay, just give it to me. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I have definitely been there. Uh, thank you so much, um, Nicola, just to have the opportunity to share. Um, and I just go back even to yesterday. I had like so many notes. And I always like to Google and read and look for different symbols when I'm hearing different words being shared. And um, on yesterday, uh, what came to me was the shepherd and his sheep. And I looked through some images and I noticed that uh, Jesus or the shepherd had sheep like around their neck. And so when I think of you, you are definitely a person that I truly honor and with that I have to think about. So who protects the shepherd? And, you know, we will become, I guess, as sheep, very protective of people that we honor. And with that also, it comes a certain level of discernment. And so we're always kind of on guard. Um, I, I kind of equate it to just being extra protective. And, you know, when people are trying to connect, you know, we would want it to be from a good place. But <laughs> people have to understand, even as a sheep, we're taking mental notes as well. We're looking to see, well, how are you treating me? And sometimes, as a sheep, you are approached because they are trying to get to the shepherd or to that person that you honor. And I, I'm always sometimes on guard when I meet people. And they're just like, okay, you introduce me to your mentor. And I'm like, no, I, I can't introduce you because I don't know who you are just yet. And um, even on last night, I was doing some reading. I was up very, very late. Um, and just been Googling just from this morning when I'm looking at honor and then I came across just people being double-minded. They appear to be one person today and then they're a totally mm-hmm. different person mm-hmm. the next day. It's no consistency. 
you know, and so for me, it is a process. It is a level of trust. And no, I cannot give you access to my mentor, to my husband, to my family. I have to know who you are because with experience, um, you will see that things are not always what they appear. Mm-hmm. And so even when you're meeting people of esteem and you're like, oh, my gosh, I just have to be connected and I just want to be around, don't uh, feel... Um, maybe I think sometimes when you come off, oh, that person is bougie or, or you can't, you know, talk to them. It's not that, it's that. We have to know who you are before you just automatically have access. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I don't want it to come off in a negative light. And for me, again, I am very protective, not just, again, of my mentor, my husband, my family, those who are close to me. I just have to know that you are coming from the right place. Because I have had experience with double minds. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely so true. I, our family had so, and I'm just going to share it briefly. Of in 2020, and and the people who walked with me all of 2020, they knew from day one. Um, our friends um, in Asia kind of told me what was happening with pandemic, and so I was already ahead of it, being able to you know, identify what were, you know, nutrition and things to help us to um, be better to come through at the circle. We, we, we um, no, I could remember uh, getting like the list of things that um, we should be doing with the steams and the vitamin C, the zinc, the different things like that. And I shared it in one of these masterminds and, and someone was like, nobody believes that or whatever. And then that was like, can you imagine that was about like March, April, and then you see what we have now all the way to where Harvard would say, oh, you need zinc and whatever. And I'm like, I wonder what those people are saying now when I said that at the top of, you know, uh, 20, um, I said that way at the top of the year. But anyway, what we have to know is that our family, in the midst of when things started hitting the fan, you guys saw me do that coaching you through crisis. God gave it to me to coach the people through crisis. And then we had a day to pray. Remember, 12 hours of prayer or whatever. Nobody, they don't do that in no business, especially financial business. And then I bring in my mentors and we're, we're going through all of these things. And then um, through that, we found out, and, and I just have to just like say it, like we found out there were people that were close to us, like super close to us. That really meant our family harm, like real harm. And I, I was getting the inclination, like I, I told Robert, we were talking this morning, I said, I can never ignore when God shows me something about people. I can't. Because it's a gift that I have. I, I didn't know it was a gift, but it's a, a gift that I had. I was sharing that um, with my son. He's, he's in the audience, I saw him. His dad, I shared a little story about how his dad was like, I found out after I was pregnant and everything, his dad was like a fugitive. And I, I looked at him one day and I saw something so ugly and I started asking him questions. By this time, I'm pregnant with my first set of twins. The stress took me into preterm labor. Five and a half months, I delivered twins and buried them. And then literally, I told the story earlier, one year later is when I had my son. It was March 14th, 1990. Um, 1994 is when I, you know, very, I mean, I delivered in um, my kids that did not make it. And it's March 15th, 
1995 is when I went into the hospital, drove myself to the hospital, and then March 22nd, 1995 is when I had my son. And I could remember me saying to his father, there were two guys that he had around him, and I would say, those two. It was a lot of guys, but those two, it was like God kept having me look at them, and I I didn't know it was giving us something with them. Then I had a dream. I was telling Robert this yesterday. I had a dream, I mean, this morning. I had a dream, and those guys came in, and they wanted to harm me, and they kept asking me, where is it? Where? I'm like, what are they talking about? I'm not even knowing what I'm in. But thank God that I had that same, that same Bible. People see this broke-down Bible I have. I just, like, I don't even want to get it rebinded, anything. And then later on, they told me that um, it was like maybe a week later, his father came back and said that those same two guys that I had to dream about was plotting to kill him and kidnap me. Same two guys. And I saw them clearly in the dream come in. Ow. Now, this gift, I've had this gift, and I wouldn't tell people, like, because if God don't want to show me, he don't show me or whatever. And I, I'm not that person that's trying to, you know, be like, oh, I can see things or whatever. But I can a lot. And these same people, I had a dream earlier in 2020 where, and I don't want to scare you, we want to move on. But I'm talking about just people, because a lot of people in this room have the gut feeling or the intuition. They ignore it or they didn't continue to develop it or don't pay attention to signs that are given. I had a dream, and I told Rushi Jones about this dream. I had this dream um, that I was walking through a forest, and there was a lot of trees, like a lot of trees. And you can imagine the, the limbs coming from the trees. It was a lot of them. And as I got to a certain point, the limbs, you could see brown limbs or whatever. You could see some green, not a lot of green, but I could see like the bark, the limbs, the, the branches, right, the branches from the tree. And then these branches start turning into black snakes. And I'm like, what in the world is that? That was early 2020. And it was a lot of them. But I got out. I got out the forest. And I was like, whoa, what was that? It was almost like, I look back like, what was that? And this year, we've had the largest amount of people. It's like almost like I, I'm like, I could write probably a whole list. And it was like, but if God didn't show me that dream, but I didn't have that dream, I would have probably felt like, OMG, oh, whoa, it's me. No, I know it's the next season. I know God is, he took me through that. And I never, with all the things we were going through with our family, all the attacks I've had, I still woke up every day and prayed for people and still continue to do Power Starcher a day. And, and I, couldn't, I never missed a beat, no matter what it was that happened the night before the news we got. I'm talking about gut stuff. Stuff that if I was to tell people on this line, they would be like, what? During the pandemic, too? And I still woke up every day and still served people, not missing one beat, not blasting them out on social media, not doing none of that. None of that. None of that. God said it's not necessary. It's not necessary. And we start talking about that. Yes, Bishop. So when you talked about you was praying for me yesterday and everything, the other day, I said, he has no clue, but he do. And I do have a lot of people that will meet me and they start doing that with you. But yes, Bishop. And and I I didn't mean to to cut you off. No, no, no. You're walking in, in, in such a weight of glory today. 
and I'll throw this in parenthetically, and then I'll, I'll share what I want to share. And it may not seemingly be germane, but it will be. Uh, that what's interesting about honor is that the first two times it's mentioned in Genesis 49 and in Exodus, it's talking about dishonor mm. because there has to be a confrontation of dishonor before there can be a reception of honor. And it's talking about initially Jacob blessing his sons. And when he gets to, you know, Simeon and Levi, and he, you know, he talks about them, how they were wicked in their devices and things that they did. He didn't want his honor associated with them. When in Exodus, God speaks about Pharaoh saying that he hardens his heart on purpose just to get honor from him. And the, the words that they use in the Hebrew for honor, and I've heard you use this word, so I know you're going to like it. Uh, one is the kabod, the glory. Mm. And, and the other is kabod. And of course, we know that that Shekinah is, is, is that mm. manifestation, but that kabod is the weight of God's glory. And it, it's talking about something weighting you down, something weighing you down, being upon you, heavily upon you. Because honor is a responsibility, mm-hmm. it, it, and, and it's not something that's a one-way street. It's certainly a two-way street, uh, because it has to be an honorable person that you are honoring. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be very difficult for me to show you honor if you're not honorable. Mm-hmm. And so I believe we have to confront that element of dishonor, because the culture is breeding dishonor, so much so. And, you know, I told you this. One of the things that attracted me to your business model and your business mind is you're not afraid of a culture of honor where That's most right. people will come in the room and feel like, oh, they're worshiping her. Oh, they're overdoing it. No, they're honoring her because whether they know it or not, unbeknownst to them, it is that level of honor that makes her go harder for them. Mm-hmm. It is that level of honor that makes her get back in the laboratory and continue to mm-hmm. come up with these witty concepts. And, 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 and creative ideas. And it is that level of honor that gives certain people access. Denikia, man, you said something so powerful. And I think everything really spins on this particular action. Actual, and that, 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 that's access. It's access. Hmm. Because the problem with us, we are giving too many people access because we think that level of, of, of being gregarious and congenial is just a part of who we're supposed to be as believers or, or as, as people who are, are nice. But the reality is I'm supposed to be selective if I'm going to do what you've been telling me to do, and that is find my tribe. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't walk with you. There you go. There you go. Oh, man. They're so powerful. Jeez. Thank you. They're so good. You know, I, you know, I tell a joke all the time of a comedian, but but it blessed me. He, he, he said he was in the car with one of his friends, and he saw another friend at the gas station. And, of course, like we would commonly think, let's just connect these two friends together. They, they, they have a common denominator. And so he walks the one friend over to the car and introduces them, and the friends say, I don't feel like meeting no new people. <laughs> <laughs>
have been called to be a beacon for us, not only for business, but man, it is your unique way with uh, of, of bringing the Bible pragmatically and practically to life and applying it to business. I'm telling you, you're second to none with that. Second to none. And and what is happening is God is using you to awaken spiritual gifts within people. That's why He's allowing you to prophetically call this panel up daily, daily. No one is jockeying to get up here. No one talks to you beforehand. God tells you who to bring, mm-hmm. and that's the, and and that those are spiritual gifts and manifestation and operation. And so what you're doing while you're speaking, you are causing the gifts within people to be awakened. Uh, one of the things we miss about the Bible is when Paul speaks to Timothy about not being timid and to stir up the gift of God within him, he said that was putting you through the laying on of my hands. Mm. In other words, I transferred this unto you because you have that ability to awaken stuff. Now, it comes from God. That's, that, that's the source. But you are one of the resources God uses to stir it. And so you're dealing with many people in this audience today who've been having the same type of dreams you were talking about. So believe it or not, mm-hmm. a lot of them would not say that it's spooky spiritual or mm-hmm. mystical. A lot of them are like, man, finally somebody who understands. Right. I've been telling people, <laughs> I've been telling people how to feel this. And that's because a lot of people don't understand spiritual gifts. And we, when we use the term prophetic, of course, you know, that, that's become relegated to just something futuristic. But it's deeper than that. It's having this supernatural ability to tap into tomorrow without leaving today. And so when, when, when God gives you that, it comes from a place that this particular culture doesn't understand because religion has taught us, whether unconsciously or consciously, that the gifts need the church because the church is the breeding ground, it is the feeding ground, and the needing mm. ground for gifts. But that's not true. That's religion. Mm-hmm. Because your gift came to you outside of church. Yes, it did. The church, and I'm a churchman, so you know I promote church. Mm-hmm. But the church should be the place to enrich your gift, enhance your gift, and then release you to go practice your gift. Mm-hmm. But what we do is we bring gifts together and we smother them. And we say we're covering people, but we smother people. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. And, and, and we suffocate what's within them because we never develop them to stand independently and to go out and be influencers in the sphere of their authority. And so I say this to people that's on this line, that when when God is showing you stuff, you could very well have a seeing gift. Every every, uh, seer is a prophet, but every prophet is not a seer. And every every person with a prophetic gift is not a prophet. But there are those of you with spiritual gifts where God is showing you stuff from the past or the present supernaturally you did not know. That's a word of knowledge. He's showing you stuff in the future. That's the word of wisdom. Denitia talked about discernment. Well, you know, the church has coined a gift called discernment. There's no such such gift called discernment, but the gift is called the discerning of spirits. (laughs) I have the supernatural grace at the time I need it to be able to determine what is God and what is not God. Mm -hmm. And that comes from an inward conviction and confirmation whereby I'm able to determine clear direction based upon the moment because that grace falls upon me. And, and, and lastly, to connect the dot with what you said, with this generation who, who feels as if their truth is their truth. Well, I mean, that's the most idiotic concept I've ever heard 
from, from here. You know, that's just my truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, we live in a time of moral relativism where everybody feels like there is no concrete truth. Uh, whatever I believe is what I believe. But, but if, if that's the case, what if my truth says your truth is a lie? Mm-hmm. Then, then what, where is truth? There is a concrete truth. There is a guide. There, there is a read we must align ourselves with in order for us to be placed on the proper path to get to where we need to go. And I believe all of that literally is the breadbasket that holds the honor piece, the relationship piece, the networking piece, and even this spiritual discernment piece that's needed in order to know who to give access to and who not to. Thank you so much. Again. So powerful, Bishop, you know, and, you know, when you, 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 oh my gosh, God has just given us a gift. You always will say, you know, Nicola, you, you, you blessed me, but this is now we're, we're talking about iron sharpening iron right here, right? This is what's happening. Iron sharpening iron. And that's the name of our call. Like all people don't even know, they'll go back later and say, wow, look what she put in place. It was you that looked at my systems and you said that, Company does I said, no, I did this. And you're like, wow. Like, yeah, God will work on me. Even to this morning, he, was, he had me up, and it was 3 a.m., and I am just writing and writing and writing. And, and, and my husband wrote, he said, baby, you've got to get some rest. I said, I'm totally awake. So, baby, I'm good. I'm with God right now. I'm just writing and writing and writing. And that's the times where he do the downloads on me, the downloads. And he'll give me maybe one something, and then a whole series can come out of it. And what I got from you, and I want to have Shara and, and Abdul to go in. We're going to move quickly. Blog talk, we love you. We're going to hang out with you tomorrow. All right? We're going to let them go. 